0: digitalmarketingradio.com Welcome to a Digital Marketing Radio Special. How to blog successfully in 2016 with Yarrow Starick.
1: The big interview with David Bain.
0: I first interviewed my guest today way back in 2007, nearly nine years ago at the point of this recording. So I'm really looking forward to comparing his answers today with his, his answers back then. So he's someone who started his first online business in the year 2000 and he's been blogging since January 2005. Welcome to the founder of Entrepreneur's Journey, Yarrow Stark.
1: Hey David, thanks so much for having me. It's, it's been a long time between interviews, especially in internet years. <laughs>
0: it has been, it has been. Next one, 2025. <laughs>
1: yeah, wow, I'll think about that, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's great to have you here. So um, has blogging changed in all recognition in the in past 10 years or so since you actually got going with things? I mean, would the young Yarrow actually recognise blogging today?
1: That's a good question. Ah, uh, You know, I think it's still the same i mean the, it, you still write content you you still share your ideas give people advice be very transparent talk about how to do things you know maybe if you're more in the in the food area you're putting pictures of your food you know it's it's still basically the same the, the difference is how much more crowded it is how much larger audiences are And obviously, all the different uh, platforms that can be extensions of blogging, you know, whether it's social media or podcasting. I think, you know, even when I started, YouTube was only just becoming a thing, I think, at the time. So, you know, really back when I started, you blogged and that was what social media was. It was a blog. It was leaving comments on blogs. And that was it. So you know, to see obviously the, the mobile revolution come along and have all these apps for communicating there. That's a change. But it's funny, like I actually don't do much different to what I did at the start. I still produce content. You know, a couple of years later, I, I sold my first product and I'm still selling digital teaching products today. Uh, most of my audience comes from Google search results, uh, SEO and Back then, that's where most of my traffic came from. Um, I think maybe the the ironic part, the one big difference for me is I actually do a lot less of what I did back then. I don't write daily. When I started my blog, I wrote one article a day. But today, I, I tend to publish you know one piece of content a week. I've even gone you know two or three or four weeks without publishing at times. Um, I'm still podcasting and and publishing those types of posts. But uh, the benefit of the years behind me now is I've got all these articles out there getting search traffic. So I hadn't really built out my catalog and my, my archives back then, but now that I have, the traffic is steady, consistent. Um, And that's important to me because, you know, I kind of go out there and, and even when I first started teaching, I had this premise of writing a blog that only takes two hours a day to maintain that gives you a a $10,000 a month income, which is sort of a a juxtaposition to what at the time was a very popular way of blogging, which was 10 articles a day working a 10-hour day writing your blog. I don't know if you remember, but there was even stories of some bloggers who died (laughs) because they were getting pushed to like 15 hour days, just constantly churning out content, mm. you know, and getting paid $500 a month as these writers. Um, and even our contemporaries, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, I obviously followed Darren Rouse back then from yes. pro blogger. Um, there was a f- many other bloggers at the time too, and, and they were content machines. You know, these guys were pumping out five, 10, 15, 20 articles per day, and they were doing eight to 12 hour days. And I thought, you know, that's, Kind of not what I was looking for. I was trying to get away from this full-time work mentality and, and trying to find a leveraged system. So I guess the point is that it's worked and, and 10 years later, my blog is still going and that sort of machine runs mostly without me now. In fact, most of the work I do is more, you know, creating new products, interviews like this. Um, you know, it's not, it's not blogging exactly like a very small amount of my work is actually blogging. So I I think, you know, that's still achievable today, but obviously you have to go through that early period where you you don't have a profile yet and you have to build one. That's the hard part,
0: right? Yeah, I was going to ask you actually, because, um, Obviously, today um, you can get away with not writing a bi- blog post for a month or so. So, does that mean that um, if someone is starting today, they have to go through the same hard work of writing multiple posts per day, or is that not necessarily what you have to do to become fairly popular within your niche?
1: You know, the look in hindsight, and, and I mean hindsight in the last few years—not even you know the last ten years—but well, it is, it's in hindsight, as in this is always the rule, it hasn't changed. I don't think it's going to change. You have to work hard on one platform or one thing. Mm-hmm. You have to do one thing consistently, put in a lot of work. You know, even if you look at some of the the biggest players in, in our space in the last few years, the the Pat Flynn's and the John Lee Dumas and the, you know, the Lewis Howes, you go back and look at their history and they hustled on one platform. They just, you know, John Lee Dumas hustled like crazy on podcasts, one podcast a day. Yeah. yeah, Lewis Howe's running webinars constantly and doing all these joint venture promotions to get more people on his webinars right at the beginning of his career. Uh, You know, and Pat with the podcast and the blog as well. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. Even if I step away from those markets, um, for example, just before I spoke to you, I interviewed someone who's uh, got success as a chemist, a cosmetic chemist, and he blogs about how to make your own cosmetic chemist products like shampoos and face creams and you know, acne treatments and things like that. And he basically started the blog and, and hustled there. He wrote one article a day for five days a week at the beginning, and that developed his search traffic and eventually because he was in such a specific niche he he built up an email list so you know he hustled in the same way I hustled 10 years ago with his blog content uh, so no matter what you have to hustle somewhere yeah. and then once you've built the machine it, it, it's something you can slow down on you know I'm lucky as I said lucky is perhaps only half the answer it's lucky in terms of timing But not lucky because I put in all the work over the years to build up all this content, which uh, affords me the luxury I have today, which is, you know, I have my email list, my products are done, my blog makes sales while I sleep, you know, those sorts of amazing benefits that everyone, you know, you go to a sales page and it says, make money while you sleep. And that's true, maybe three years later, once you put in the hard work (laughs) to really, you know, build the machine.
0: It only took you ten years to become an overnight success, kind of thing. As they say, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned John Lee Dumas there. He was number, he was guest number one in this podcast, uh, Digital Marketing Radio. But um, I also listened to you being interviewed on his podcast, and that was episode number twenty-one of Entrepreneur on Fire. And right. it's if you listen later, <laughs> yeah. If if you listen to Johnny Dumas back then, he's almost a different person. He's so yeah. laid back and and. He's not on fire but <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he was on fire he was one of the, the few podcasters who had, you know, had you do that sort of special introduction where you have to say, you know, ignite and, and mm. get yourself fired up for it. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty <laughs> laid back, but I can do this.
0: <laughs> but it's uh, if, if anyone hasn't listened to that, who's listening to this? That's that's a, that's an interesting episode to listen to. Um, but what I would like to do, though, uh, of, of course, because we had our initial discussion um, back nine years ago at the point of um, this recording. So I'm going to ask you 10 questions that you answered back then, uh, way back oh, then. Way back in 2007. So um, the, the first first question is, is a fun question to begin with, and that is um, it's a bit of a general knowledge question, and that is what TLD does Scotland use?
1: <laughs> what top level domain name does Scotland use? I know this. Um, well, you guys have used .co.uk, haven't you? For, or do you have your own one?
0: <laughs> Here's what you said back in 2007.
2: Okay, uh, what do they use in Scotland? Is it .sc?
0: And, yeah. uh, no, no, it's just a dot code at UK. We're still I'm part of the U- still, still part of the United Kingdom at the moment. Yeah,
1: right. It's a yeah. <laughs> so, so there we you, go. You, ha- you had your chance to separate <laughs> just <laughs> this year, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I, 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 actually, the Scots available uh, if people want it, but it's still a dot code at UK. So right. yeah. Oh, was,
1: oh, my, my voice hasn't changed in those years too. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's smart on. Um, question number two: um, Is it better to use a brand name or a descriptive name as your domain name? Wow,
1: I'm kind of concerned about contradicting myself here, David. <laughs> well, you know, uh, nowadays, since it's so hard to get a brand name, you know, if you're going for a common word phrase, it's it's pretty hard, I think, to get the perfect brand name or the perfect common combination of words. So unless you have an obscure brand that's not actually normal words, it's kind of hard to get it. So uh, my advice has always been, if you can get a keyword into your domain name, go for it. But I actually think, and this is this will be different to what I said back then, because I think I've, I've learned more about marketing. And also, it's as I said, it's hard to get good domain names because they've all been taken. I think cadence and alliteration and rhyme are the most important things in a domain name because... Those are the aspects that the human brain latches onto, And what you want is the human brain to remember your domain name. And, uh, you know, it's more important for that to be recalled when they actually go searching for you, when they get home or when they, you know, after listening to your podcast, they hear you and they go back and do some research about you. So, yeah, alliteration, cadence, rhyming, not as much about keywords or branding, I mean, branding is a bit about alliteration, cadence, and rhyming, but I would not have talked about that back then. I'm sure
0: you did actually use the word cadence back then.
1: Oh, good for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is uh, this is just a fun thing. It's obviously not trying to, to trip you over or anything like that. It's you know things change so much over the years, and it's also interesting you know to see how techniques change. And obviously, things like Google's algorithm has changed, so that impacts SEO as well. But back then, you said personally, I'm
2: I'm more inclined to lean on the search engine optimization side of the fence and get the keywords in there. Mm-hmm. The only only reason why that's good is people link to your your website using then the domain name very often, and if right. you have your keyword, and they're also linking to your site using that keyword, which is giving you some some ranking for that keyword.
0: So there we go. I mean, f- from an SEO perspective, um, you were saying that um, if you did have that keyword phrase in there, then If it was part of your website name, your domain name, people may link back to you using that. Um, is, Is that still an important consideration for people now, do you think?
1: Well, I think that makes complete sense. Still, I mean, uh, I just don't think it's as powerful an aspect of SEO as it once was. As you would probably agree, I think, David, you probably spend more time with SEO now than than I do today. So, um, yes,
0: no, I, I, yeah. absolutely, it's. Um, you can rank very well nowadays with with a powerful domain. You know, focusing on brand, um, incorporating the phraseology that you want to rank for on page, and as long as if uh, your domain is powerful enough and your site is in a neighborhood that um, is relevant in the eyes of Google, then you're giving yourself a good chance to rank for those kind of keyword phrases.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, that's why I think the cadence alliteration and and rhyme. It's it's about, uh, I think probably because my marketing has turned a lot away from pure SEO focus, which it was more so back in the day, to SEO is a byproduct of good outreach. That's the way I look at it. And outreach is often more about getting a human being to come to your site with an intent, uh, because they've heard you on a podcast or watched a video on YouTube or, um, you know, read a guest article on another blog. Yes, those things all can help with your SEO, but it's getting a targeted user back to your blog and onto your email list. That, that really matters. So, plus I don't want to lead people on because I think SEO is, uh, you know, depending on what market they're entering, it's not necessarily a quick solution for traffic. I think you could back me up on that one. It can take a bit of time.
0: Absolutely. And, um, Moving into 2016, SEO is also becoming more about user experience as well. So if you're delivering the wrong type of traffic to your site that may be ranking well for a certain keyword phrase that can drive traffic, if that traffic isn't interested in what you do, then that could actually negatively impact your rankings in the future.
1: Yeah. Right. They'll bounce away.
0: Yeah. And uh, so number three is, um, how do you go about selecting a WordPress theme for your site? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, these are such old school questions uh, <laughs> well
0: okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good one it's it's one that i haven't covered in so long because you know back then uh, basic decisions on technical setup was such a huge part of blogging but be- because it wasn't general knowledge you know it's like do i host on wordpress.com or blogspot hmm. you know or do i get my own domain name on wordpress.org and and that's for some people, that's still uh, something you don't know about, so you have to kind of teach them. But back then, most people didn't know the difference, so we had to educate them. Same with themes. You know, themes back then, you you only had a limited supply of themes. And I think today, with so many premium themes to choose from, uh, I think a, a beginner with a small budget can get away with a great theme, and there's too many options. I mean, I, I go to themeforest.net, you know, the – the, the company there that has all those themes and I love going through them all because it's kind of fun it's like shopping for uh, wallpaper in your house you know yeah. or painting your house or furniture in your house it's like what's my house gonna look like what's my blog going to look like so yeah and it's vital something-
0: yeah I, I mean I, I go to Audio Jungle by them as well, oftentimes, they right. shop for <laughs> audio. Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm sure that, do we hear the clapping at the beginning of this show? Is that from Audio Jungle? I'm sure it probably
0: is, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think I love that process. And that's why even today, I don't say, you know, go use this theme to any of my students. I say, go check out these possible themes. If you have a bit of money, there's some premium themes you can check out, you know, like Thrive themes and Woo themes. Um, they have some added functionality. Uh, if you got a, a, a little bit more money than that, I actually think step one, well, not step one, but should be included, is a custom theme. Like, I've had a custom theme in my blog for most of the time I've been blogging. And that just allows you the power to, to choose what you highlight, how you highlight it. It's part of your branding. Um, there's so many things going on with, with a blog once you get more advanced in terms of, you know, what funnels are you optimizing? What what aspects do you want people to in, enter in with your blog and how do you want to capture them onto an email list so if you want to start doing more custom things like that you do need to basically have a tech person to hack away at a theme so enough uh, that you can't do that to a free theme that's the beautiful thing about WordPress you know you can go to the wordpress.org theme site You know, type that into Google WordPress themes go to their free theme site download the nicest looking theme that you like and then get your tech person to customize it so that's that's sort of I think where a lot of Um, the the beginners who take my training today, that's what they usually will do. Uh, They'll pick a nice theme, but they'll have their tech person, you know, implement their email opt-in box, Uh, you know, help them get a picture of their free report on there, maybe uh, a pop-up exit intent opt-in form, those sort of nice little customizations, you know.
0: It's interesting that you didn't mention a big theme framework like Thesis or Genesis that perhaps you might've done maybe something like three years ago. Um, because it seemed to be really popular back then to actually use uh, an SEO code efficient theme framework mm. um, and then have a child theme on top of that. Is that not something that's so necessary nowadays?
1: Well, I mean, I think if you're buying a premium theme and it's a well established one, you're getting a pretty good SEO framework in general. I think, you know, if you're going to go with the uh, uh, Woo themes or you know, Thrive themes or. Maybe not all the themes you find on on Theme Forest, but you know, ones that are well established, you're, you're gonna get the nuts and bolts with SEO pretty much by, by default. I think most themes have got a handle on the, you know, make sure the title tag is clean, make sure it's you know customizable on each page, all those sorts of basics like that. Um I don't see a a more you know robust framework, you know, like like you mentioned, thesis or or so on as necessary. I don't know if I ever did see it as necessary i doubt i would have we would have talked about it eight years ago no, that's no. Sure. <laughs> but um no i uh you know maybe again because my attention my, my focus is turned away from seo as a like a core function of what i do as i said it's more of a byproduct now yeah. um, and I, I think that's that's the representation of me and my personality i just don't like Keeping up to date with all the technical nuances of SEO, which I think you might enjoy more than I do. Um, I, I, I'm
0: not the most technical of SEOs. I do love producing great content, and I probably veer more towards broadcasting, podcasting rather than right. blogging. But um, perhaps you know I'm, I'm more likely to um, know of the nuances than than you at the moment. Yeah,
1: right. and I think you have to for your your line of work as yeah. well. So you know, I I kind of. And this is by choice, I've become more i guess helping the creatives with what they're doing, and you can't go into the nuances of SDO because they're going to get lost uh, just as I get lost potentially like I have to know enough so I can answer a question but you know the and i I, I believe in a, as I always have from the very beginning in the 80 20 rule you know it's the it's the foundation I built my my blogging business on it's it's how I made sure i didn't create a blog that requires 10, 12 hour days was to to do everything eighty-twenty style. And that is true for SEO as well. There's only a few things I think you really need to worry about with SEO. If you drop the rest, you save yourself a bunch of headache. And uh, if you do a, a good job of just marketing, I love the phrase marketing. I don't like the phrase SEO because marketing makes sense to me. You get in front of human beings who want what you offer and bring them back to your blog. That is SEO as well, because the nature of people, you know, bringing people back to your blog means you're bringing links back to your blog, which is the, you know, the half the battle for SEO purposes, right? So, you know, that to me is where I, I focus my attention and my, my students' attention too. They're just they're never going to get their head around hardcore SEO. It's just too complicated, you know?
0: Yes, yeah. And I like the fact that you say marketing because digital marketing is marketing now and, you know, marketing is digital marketing. Back whenever it was, you know, nine years ago, it was very much online and offline, and they didn't meet as much. But um, we're learning more from traditional marketing and implementing traditional techniques, principles within what we do nowadays. And I I think one of the reasons that you've been successful for a long time, and also the way that you do things hasn't changed that much, is obviously because maybe you've been ahead of your time by implementing these principles rather than actually following one piece of technology and just um, trying to actually focus on what works in that moment of time rather than actually a a long-term approach that will work forever.
1: Mm. I mean, I think most of my success comes down to getting better at a core skill in my case, content creation with, with writing and and also, you know, audio and speaking and basically the three tools we have, you know, video, audio and and writing. And uh, I, I find, most of the people I interview who are successful, that's what they do too. They master one form of content creation and then put in the effort to make sure other people know they exist. that yeah. That's the hard part for a lot of my people because they're introverted. And uh, the idea of going out there and, and getting exposure for their work, even just being on a podcast interview, can be daunting. So, uh, you know, I think... It's it's a wonderful thing with the internet and blogging and social media that we can sit behind our computers and be safe and, and don't have to go out there. But as you said, marketing is about outreach. It's 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 um, it has been even before the internet. You had to network, you had to get on radio, on TV, in print, and we're doing that today still. So that's what running a business is all about.
0: So here's what you said about themes in 2007.
2: (laughs) If you go to Google and type WordPress themes, I'm I'm not lying. I say there are literally thousands available, of which a lot of them look pretty pretty good. Um, I think if you're you know resource limited, you can grab one of those and just add your own graphic header to it, uh, customize you know the basic elements in the footer, in the navigation.
0: So I mean, it it didn't change too much there. But I mean, you you talked about going to Google. There is there a danger? Yeah, is is there a danger though if someone just goes to Google now and um selects a theme that it, it wouldn't be of good enough quality and that they should go to somewhere like ThemeForest or um Themes? I think you mentioned as well to be more likely to get something that, that that works better.
1: Probably more dangerous back then doing that than it is now. I think back then you just you're not lucky to stumble across as many uh, well-structured themes where today you will st- stumble across better structured themes because they're probably better optimized for search rankings too you know so i think you you're probably going to hit those if you do a google search for wordpress themes or something like that i think the harder part now is it's over abundance so you know figuring out where do i find the best single column theme or where do i find the best theme for my my cooking blog we we have the options now to get those kind of customized themes so um as we've always had with a problem with the internet, there's too many choices. So that's why you know people like yourself and myself, we we do well is become we become trusted sources for the better recommendations. So uh, you know that's that's how I think most people find their answers now. Where does David suggest to get WordPress themes? Oh, you know he suggests go to whatever theme forest or something like that. So people just default to their their chosen leaders, uh, and that's just the way it is.
0: It's interesting actually. I did actually. Go to Google quite recently to find a, a WordPress theme, but uh, what I did was I made sure that I searched um, for posts in Google um, that were actually within the last month and okay. instead of actually searching for a theme, I searched for reviews of a particular style of theme, so I looked for a list of top ten themes on a particular style that I was looking for and how'd you go well um, bought one of them so uh, <laughs> probably quite good <laughs> fingers crossed <huh>? exactly. <laughs> Um so uh next question is if you were to recommend two WordPress plugins to install, what plugins would you choose?
1: <laughs> Gosh, I wonder what I said back then. That's probably an SEO, a Kismet, maybe a spam plugin. I think uh, today, ooh, so many. I, I don't know really use that many, but the, the ones I really like are opt monster for pop-up opt-ins. I, I think you know I'm such a heavy direct response market marketing-driven Uh, business owner now and it's so much about email opt-in and there's a lot of wasted space on blogs and people you know for example i don't want to have a pop-up on my blog because i don't like them they annoy me when i see them on other people's sites but then you go test one and you design one you actually like the look of and you use an exit intent, so they only show up when someone tries to leave your site so you can capture them before they leave. Maybe capture is the wrong word, but you know, get them onto your email list, then they end up doubling how many email opt-ins you get per day. And that's can technically run off to doubling the size of your business, you know, in, in the next few months, too, as as those opt-ins increase. So um opt-in monster would be my first recommendation. The other ones are it's very subjective to what you're doing, you know. Like, there's so many different tools you you don't need unless you're actually doing something. Like, um, I don't use it a lot, but I like AppSumo's uh, headline split tester uh, plugin because it, it turns every blog post into an A/B test tool, which is really easy to to test. You can just write three different headlines, and the plugin uh, will actually optimize for the the best headline and. Now back when I used to start, it was very difficult to split test a blog post. And uh as we know, A twenty rule of grand, the headlines the most important element. So uh you write two different headlines, one can deliver twenty percent more traffic or you know, thirty percent more engagement, which leads to more social sharing, which means to more people coming to the post, which means to more email opt-in. So those little kind of plugins like that are, are critical. But I know back in the day. The more important starter plugins would have been your, you know, your all-in-one SEO pack or your Akismet for blocking spam. Um, it,
2: there would have been, oh, trying to think, but well, let me see. What did I say? Uh, here's about what, here's what you
0: said, Jess. <laughs> the
2: most important plugins, I think, are, are the search engine optimization plugins, since we're talking about getting more traffic to your blog. And there's a few really powerful ones that I, I think all blogs should have. One of them is called Ultimate Tag Warrior, which allows you to oh, add wow. tags to your blog. <laughs> if you, you Google Ultimate Tag Warrior, you'll get that plugin. So,
0: yeah, there. oh you, you remember that one I, I, oh, I yeah. obviously, don't need
2: that anymore, that's for sure.
0: It also related to Technorati. When when was the last time you were on Technorati?
1: Oh my god. Yeah. I mean do you remember tagging though? How yes. that was like this wave that came through and, and it died as quickly as it started because Google I thought Google WordPress added tagging natively mm. and then it became very unimportant for search,
0: right? Yes, absolutely. So don't listen
1: to old Yarrow in
0: this (laughs) case. Um, Number five, is it as important in 2016 to ensure that your blog can be read on mobile devices? And if so, what does the average blogger need to know about that?
1: Wow, did we talk about mobile back then? We were ahead of of our
2: (laughs)
0: times. Well, I'll tell you what, here's here's what you said first of all.
2: (laughs) Never really had anyone talk about Mobile devices as um, you know, complaining about not being able to read it. I think, I think my blog's probably got way too much uh, content on the top at the moment. It would look horrible on mobile devices. So, <laughs> so but, you know,
0: again, so, so I asked about it, but um, hadn't really thought about it at the time. But um, well,
1: yeah, let's put that into context. Was the iPhone out no. yet back then? No, no not at, at all. Um,
0: th- I mean, this was um, early two thousand and seven. So um, I, th- I think. Um, It was probably a Sony Ericsson 3G smartphone that I had at the time. (laughs)
1: Right. So I probably had a BlackBerry, you know, so it's, it's, uh, you know, they weren't the most robust browsers back then on the phones, but geez, the answer to that question, mobile is so important today. And, and I, 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 you know, at one point I had a plugin on my blog to do the mobile version, but I think that's not good enough. You need a responsive design. That's, and in fact, we should tie that back into finding a good theme. I think one of the, number one criteria when theme shopping is mobile responsivity. That's a word. It has to look good in a mobile browser. So that's something to look at when choosing your theme for sure.
0: And one other thing that you were a fan of um, back in 2007 was Feedburner. Um, (laughs) What do you think of bloggers using Feedburner to power their RSS feeds nowadays?
1: Man, FeedBurner, I, I actually lost access to my account. I hate FeedBurner <laughs> now because you know, they got bought out by Google. And then in that transition period, my account just disappeared. So I couldn't log in to make a change to it.
0: <laughs> You're, here's what you said about FeedBurner. I love okay. FeedBurner. I'm definitely <laughs> I love FeedBurner. <laughs> I hate FeedBurner. Okay, that's a bit of a change.
1: Well, <laughs> to be fair, fe- feeds just don't matter now. Yes, you have to have one, but people don't subscribe to feeds. I remember when I first started blogging, Everyone was like, the death of email, RSS feeds is all that matters. I mm-hmm. think most people today probably don't even know what a theme, uh, sorry, what an RSS feed really actually is. Yeah. You know, they, they, we need one for our podcast, right? Because it plugs into iTunes and that's how we give the feed there. But outside of that, I mean, I don't know many other places I still use an RSS feed. I have it on the blog, but Wow it's all about email it should have been all about email back then um it's still all about email today in my in my opinion yes you still try and get people to follow you on facebook and get you on twitter and get you on linkedin and get you on pinterest and so forth but i think i mean email is number 1
0: i remember reading your blog back in about 2006 or so and um i think the sidebar call to action was find out how I actually got to 1,000 RSS readers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My first
1: 1,000. Exactly. first 1,000 subscribers was my initial email uh, incentive. You know, my lead magnet was an email course on how to get your first 1,000 subscribers. But I used subscribers as a term... To cover RSS subscribers so yeah it was it was old school that was back in the day
0: <laughs> and um, back then you also thought that there was a pretty major problem with spam blogs do you think there's is a, as a problem there
1: I mean I think it's worse in terms of how many spam blogs and and when we say that it's you know blogs set up that just copy and paste other blogs articles and you know we know Google part of their ongoing battle is making sure content is the best contents at the top of search results and the originator of that content is at the top of search results too and I think they do a pretty good job of that so if anything you know the spam blogging aspect just doesn't have the rewards like it used to I think back then you did get rewarded sometimes especially if you had some pretty cool technology where you could pump out Thousands of blogs and set them all up to publish other people's content. There was one I remember uh, many years ago that would rank just below my own blog with my own article, and I was like, huh. "Geez, that's not nice," <laughs> you know. Uh, but that it's long gone. You know, I have no idea what happened to it. Probably got deleted or doesn't get any rankings anymore. So I, I think the short answer is it no, it's not something we need to worry about anymore. Um, I haven't even thought about it until you've probably in years now since since you bring it up.
0: And if um, you talk to a business owner nowadays and they've got a nice website, they're on social media, but they haven't got a blog and you talk to them about blogging and they say to you, well, what's the, what's the main reason why you should actually start a blog? What what do you actually say to them nowadays?
1: I'm still amazed if you don't have a a blog or I mean, call it what you like. It's a website. It's your central platform with your domain name. Uh, I think, the reason why, and people probably don't consider this if they're new to internet marketing, but because you spend most of your time on, on social media, right? You're probably on Facebook most of your internet usage time, and Facebook sends you to other sites. Like you see a news article on Facebook, or you see a video on Facebook, or you see maybe a podcast on Facebook, or or, or you're seeing a podcast on, on iTunes. Uh, all this content originates on blogs. So I, I actually think fundamentally you have to have a blog even if you're not calling yourself a blogger so to speak you have to have the blog because when you share your blog post on facebook whether it's a paid advertisement or you're building your following for free it's originating on the blog and you're trying to get the person back to the blog to get them onto the email list so you can then take them through your funnel and sell your products and services when you publish a podcast, it's first the MP3 and the content is published on your blog, which iTunes distributes for you, but it's sourced from the blog. I don't know where you're gonna put this video we're doing right now, David, but I suspect at some point it's going to be on your blog, yes, yeah. em- embedded as a YouTube embed file, right? So it's it's going on the blog. So, you know, it is your platform. I, I love the, you know, the hub and spoke model of marketing where you have a central place and then all of these spokes go off to different platforms all over the internet and your content is seeded, but every piece of content is designed to bring people back to the hub. The blog is the hub. It's the thing you own. It's your, it's your destination. It's really what you are. And that's been the case for me. Um, everyone I've ever seen succeed has that as part of their marketing system. Um, there have been a few affiliate marketers who've come and gone who've just bought traffic and sent straight to affiliate offers, but they don't last usually mm. because um, you know they don't have anything sustainable unless they own a, an email list of buyers and, and usually that comes from having their own website to begin
2: with.
0: So here's what you said back then about why people should start a blog.
2: My <laughs> okay. biggest tip from a business point of view is to actually understand why you're going to do it. like have a clear purpose behind it. Is, is it a lead generator? Is it a, a publicity tool? You just want to create exposure? Are you going to be using it as a direct marketing? Like when, when talking about lead generation, are you collecting opt-ins or making sales of products directly from your blog? So you can have some, some real accountability to, to your why, your reason why you're doing something. Because a lot of people, and myself included, mm-hmm. I started blogging without necessarily understanding why. Um, um
0: from a business <laughs> right. point of so uh for audio, is- audio 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 listeners i just put up a picture of yarrow in 2007 there
1: uh, that's cruel david you're cruel <laughs> 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 trying to bury those photos whatever you post
0: online is hear- <laughs> so that, that was that was very um from a business perspective from a traditional marketing perspective there as well so great great advice then and now I think do not you think so
1: you know the the difference I think in all my answers then versus now it, it, they're simpler, and if anything because so much so much has expanded, it's become difficult to to teach this and to learn about it because you can't just go well let's just start a blog and write some content and people will show up and I'll sell something, you know, it's become multifaceted, multi-channeled. And as a new person, that's pretty overwhelming back then you could kind of keep it nice and simple and clean.
0: So, um, another question I asked you um, back then was, um, if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you spend your time doing in your business? (laughs)
1: <laughs> business. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I hope I give the same answer because I think I've always done the same thing. I actually wrote this as a, a, a sort of a vision board type entry about three years ago. I, I had to reconstruct my business because I, I basically closed down every product I had. I still had my blog. I still had my email newsletter, but I didn't have any products on the market. So as you could expect, my income dropped significantly. It was all deliberate. I wanted to update my products. They were due for it. And that gave me the space to sit down and go, what do I want from my business? And in particular, what do I personally want to do in it? And then what do I have to get other people to do or potentially even ignore, you know, not worry about in order to make this a reality? And what I wanted to do and still is today the same answer is get to explore subject matter through the art of writing and also podcasting, basically content, primarily as a writer. I love writing. I see myself as a writer now, probably more than I ever have. You know, I, I want to write books. My future is full of writing. Um, but as a business, I want the, the blog and, and the whole business behind my content to run like a machine. So I, I basically want to know that I can be sitting in a cafe in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, writing a blog post, publishing it, knowing that someone's going to read that, go into one of my email funnels and potentially buy a product. So there is a business outcome for my writing as well. There's a financial outcome, but I get to explore. I think for me, the, the, the fun of all this is exploring new ideas, um, sharing thoughts, but knowing you get a business outcome from it. Uh, probably I'm going to give you an answer like that, I think, back <laughs>
2: eight well,
0: years ago. <laughs> it, well, now you did mention the word podcasting, um, but that seemed to be more of a focus back then.
2: Okay. Literally, if I didn't have to worry about money, I'd probably sit down and do podcasts and write articles all day because I just love the content creation part of yeah. the,
0: the whole process. So yeah, I, I, content creation part of it as well. And um,
2: Yeah, I said
1: podcasting and, and write articles all day. Yeah, Exactly yeah. the same. Hasn't changed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is getting boring. Yeah. <laughs> no. <it's laughs> I wanted you to disagree with yourself. and uh, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> um, and one of the last questions I asked you was, um, do you have any intention to quit blogging or is it a lifetime passion? And uh, it seems to be a lifetime passion.
1: Yeah, writing is. Uh, I don't think I'll write about the same subject forever. I mean, mm. you know, at some point you, you kind of tire. Um, but the beautiful thing about blogging, you can write about personal development or what's going on in, you know, family, friendship circles. Um, the the news and turn it back to the subject you write about, you know, your core subject and make it relevant. That's what I love about it. Really. It's the the ability to always keep it fresh and interesting for you as well as your audience and still have it be about your business as well. So um, I don't think it's going to change, but I think it's inevitable in terms of just time management. You know, you, you can't write to your blog as much if you're writing a book at the same time you have to, one has to give. So I think in the future, yeah, it'll be, Possibly, I'll have some other information publishing businesses, and I'll probably focus a bit more on book writing, things like that. I, don't, I hope I don't keep saying that every ten years. At some point, I hope the books actually exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep saying in the future.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, they they better exist by twenty twenty five. than twenty five. Yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> well, here's what you said back then.
2: Well tough to say I have to admit that at the moment I'm so knee deep in this and there's a lot of goals to, to kick still that I can't even say Uh one of the nice things about anything on the web is you, you do have assets while you're, you're building assets while you're doing this so as much as okay my blog's pretty much tied into my name I don't think I'd ever sell it it's a little bit too focused on me some of the other blogs I run like small business branding are not that's a sellable asset so if I ever decide to leave just sell it you know I I might quit everything and decide to go open a chocolate shop in the real world I don't know <laughs> so, so um, that's, still, that's still true
0: <laughs> small business branding. No, you, you did sell that didn't you
1: a long time ago I think probably shortly after our interview I think I would have sold those around 2007 2008 mm. so yeah they, they, most of my investments got sold off
0: and you didn't open that chocolate shop
1: you know I almost did uh, <laughs> oh, oh, not a chocolate shop but I had this idea for a uh, basically like a chocolate, uh, of the month club where I'd send out chocolates to people as I traveled around the world, sampling chocolates, I'd send out my favorite ones to my subscribers. I still kind of want to do that. It's just one, one business at a time. David. So. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's nice to integrate offline. Thank yous with, um, more conventional digital marketing and, 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 and online things because um, um I also um, every Friday post this podcast host, host this kind of online show this week in organic and uh, to, to to the guests that featured in 2015 I sent them a postcard with a little Santa hat on just saying thanks for being a guest and you know, a few of them obviously tweeted that and, and yes. I, I, it's, 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 it's a nice thing to do and I think more businesses will be doing that in the future I'm mm-hmm. sure.
1: Yeah it sort of shatters that only online aspect Cause it's funny how getting stuff in the mail is way cooler now than it ever was because we, you know, we don't really get good stuff in the mail anymore. Right. So absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's not fun handwriting 50 postcards, but I, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- th- those are my questions based upon the past, you know, hopefully you um, um, had a bit of fun there and didn't uh, take offense from any of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> didn't questions. see that
1: coming David. I, I thought we were talking, you know, we were going to riff, but I didn't think I'd have to interview myself. <laughs> I sort of or, or repeat against myself in this in this conversation
0: well I, I enjoyed it anyway but um at the point of um this discussion being published um you've actually got a um, a new membership site um a, a new version of blog mastermind coming out um could you tell the listeners a little bit about that please
1: yeah sure so wow well, would have been around the time we were talking to begin with i i Taught the very first version of blog mastermind and wrote the very first version of the the blog profits blueprint the free report I gave away that led up into blog mastermind the course um, and that was amazing it was you know the the thing that made my business turn into a six figure business it was also what catapulted the career of now i I've lost track of how many people will tell me you know I'm making hundreds of thousands to even millionaire bloggers because you got me started with your blog profits blueprint or you got me started when I took your course blog mastermind. So, you know, that was amazing. Still is amazing. I love hearing interviews and and talking to those people, but naturally as we've clearly demonstrated in this interview, things have changed (laughs) since when I first created those resources in 2007. So uh, I had to recreate them from scratch, you know, simple answer. I totally re, redid my blog mastermind course and I re- rewrote the blueprint from the beginning, um, to deal with what we deal with right now. Like I, I thought about what's the average person entering when they start an online business today with a slight refocus. Uh, I thought, you know, nowadays with so many people teaching blogging, I don't want to go out there and just be a blog teacher. I, I really want to stand for something within the space. And i realized over the years Most of my graduates, my students, and myself, we've excelled at selling digital products from our blogs. That's how we make money. And it's also, I think, a more viable plan for a new person today because it's hard to build a blog that has millions of page views, millions of readers a month, uh, and then try and make money from advertising and affiliate marketing, which kind of was the de facto way of blogging for money back then. And I think if you're going for a more focus on products, you don't need these large audiences. So when I rebuilt the Blog Profits Blueprint and the Blog Mastermind course, I re-engineered to focus on experts, teachers, trainers, coaches, speakers, writers, people who have like a a skill or an experience or a set of knowledge that they want to package up into digital products and then sell Via a blog, via email list marketing. So, you know, traditional blogging to build your list, to sell your products. So, everything has been redeveloped and re engineered to focus on that goal. So, no more talking about advertising, no more talking about affiliate marketing. It's all about selling your products and services from your blog. And in particular, I'm trying to find the people who already have a knowledge base, a skill set that they do want to package up. Um, you know, that kind of person I can help more so because they already have something to offer to the world and all they want to do is maybe stop being a paid-by-the-hour consultant or, you know, maybe they're working a full-time job but they could translate what they know from their job into digital products that they sell while they're sleeping and they get the freedom they want, you know, the ability to travel, quit that job, be with their friends, spend time focusing on the subjects they care about, you know, have their day to up to them. They decide how they spend their time, how they spend their day, when that business is running behind the scenes for them, selling their products for them. Basically, how I live my life, how all my best graduates live their life. So I've just kind of refocused. And, and that's what the the Blog Profits Blueprint and my course, Blog Mastermind, are all about now.
0: Okay, wonderful. Okay, well, um, anyone watching this, anyone listening to this, if that appeals to you, if um, you would like to actually... Focus more on blogging and build your list, build your database of um, subscribers who are interested in what you do, and then you can sell more of what you do to that list. If that appeals to you, then certainly check out the Blog Profits um, Blueprint there. And um, obviously, um, Yarrow's um, Blog Mastermind membership program as well is only available um, on certain dates. Um, It's the end of January 2016 it's launching. So if you're Again, listening to this at the time. Um, I'll set up my own affiliate link. So um, there'll be commission involved there for myself as well. So um, that link is actually digitalmarketingradio.com slash Yarrow. And um, the incentive, if you would like to make a purchase of Blog Mastermind, then I will um, offer you some bonuses as well. Um, I've got my own Build Your Own WordPress site course on Udemy. I've also got my own 26-week digital marketing plan and also that's evolving into personal brand authority um, is the direction that I'm taking that in 2016. So I'll give you access to that training and also um, a one hour coaching package with me on building an authoritative personal brand. So if Blog Mastermind appeals to you, um, go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash yarrow. You can download the Blog Profits blueprint initially and then possibly sign up for a Blog Mastermind after that. So um, anything else that people need to know, Yarrow, or do you think that um, covers just about everything at the moment?
1: Uh, I think you nailed it, David. Thank you for that, that generous uh, bonus incentive, too. I, I remember the... The, the 30, I think you've, have you changed the number? The 36 week? It was, it was it was, was it? it was, it was
0: 26 week. That's right. Because, um, I, I originally launched that back in 2007 seven as well.
1: I remember being a speaker on one of the, 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 the the somethings as part of it. So. Yes, yeah.
0: Well, that was our original discussion. You're you're one of the um, bonus interviews with that, and I did I did another version which was just online, and a third version which was just online, and the third version is um, fairly recent, and it's about 26 hours of material, and so that's that's a great. A starter point for getting involved with digital marketing. But now, as you're doing, you know, I, I want to have greater focus in terms of what I do, and I'm focusing more on building a personal brand authority and doing using podcasting, using webinars, using online broadcasting in order to do that. Um, so that's the direction that I'm going to be taking that. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be called. Um, but I know that i'm going to build serv- several courses in two thousand and sixteen, so the bonus you know if people go for blogmastermind we will we'll incorporate that as well
1: fantastic, okay, well, I think that's a great combination, so uh, yeah that's, that's great, and just because I know it throws people, my name is y a r o so that's if you're looking to spell it at the end of <laughs> david 's uh, link there to make sure you get the bonus uh, that's how you spell it, and otherwise, I hope you enjoy the blueprint like I, I do tell people. It is pretty comprehensive and it's free. So if you're even not sure, go grab the Blueprint. There's an audio version of it. There's a, a PDF, 88-page PDF. I completely rewrote it from scratch. So it's fresh for 2016 You know, as we do this interview. And uh, you'll get a lot just from going through that.
0: Superb. Well, it would be really fun if we could meet up again in nine years' time. That would be quite amusing to actually see see what your answers were then.
1: Fingers crossed we can David. <laughs> that would that'd be, that'd
0: be fun, yes. Yeah, so yeah, so awesome. uh, digitalmarketingradio.com slash Yarrow again. Um, and um, thank you again, Yarrow. It was, it was really good.
2: Thanks for having me on the show, David. Thanks for listening, everyone.